Gloria a Dios. Uh, esto es trabajando en mi español. I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm, it's my goal to learn. Mmm, qué gran día. What a beautiful day. That's all I got. <laughs> no, a little more. A little more. Yes, yeah, see. Um, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. There's another version of this text we're going to read in Luke 11. So you could actually go there if you wanted to and read maybe a little fuller version of what I'm going to allude to. But in Matthew 6, we have the Lord's Prayer. And it is retold in Luke 11 with a little more detail that I will bring out within the message. So to put the two together will give you a better context. When I, when I say something and you don't see it there in Matthew 6, it actually is in, Matthew, in Luke 11, okay? Um, set into this text is the significance of what I call the New Testament commandments. I know there are many, and this is not the only place where we find commandments in the New Testament. But we have the Old Testament commandments that Moses received and gave to Israel and to posterity, but we also have what I like, the Sermon on the Mount, what I like to call the New Testament commandments, the way of life for believers. Back then, it wasn't called the church, and really not even Christians, they were the way, right? You understand that? And there was a way they operated and the way they worked. And as Jesus is talking to them in Matthew uh, 6 and in Luke 11, this conversation takes place about prayer, this, this idea of prayer. And if you remember, about a year and a half ago, I started this message and I could not finish it, and so I'm going to finish that message. If you wanted to get online, you could go back and see the first part. There's, there's actually four parts to it. This, is, this will be part two. If I, if I get a chance to do it, I'd like to uh, finish this in the next couple of years, if the Lord... Uh, Terry's, <laughs> right? Or maybe I'll just say, uh, you know, whenever it happens, right? Um, Jesus is seated with the disciples, and the conversation goes like this. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. And then he goes on. And when you, uh, when you give and when you fast, and, when you, and he goes on and he lays out for us these kind of things that should be happening in our life. These are not suggestions, okay? And so one of them says to him, well, teach us to pray because we don't, we don't, we don't know how. And in the church, we often will say things like, you got to pray more and you got to read the scriptures more, and you gotta, but we don't show you how. And that's what this morning is about. I'm not just going to inspire you. I'm just not going to inspire you. I want to give you some information and teach you how to pray. So off that question from Luke 11, that question's in the Luke 11 uh, discourse, but you go back and you read where our text is today, and it says this, um, 
Pray then in this manner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Wow, what a, in the middle of that, our, how we treat each other, right? There's so much here. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Interesting that he addresses in his perfect prayer the evil one. Parenthetically, how often have you prayed against the kingdom of Satan and against the kingdom of darkness rather than just to God? That's, that's part three. <laughs> but anyway, um, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Why would these disciples say to Jesus, teach us to pray? Why would they not say, teach us to dance and worship? Because Jesus was a phenomenal spin-like-a-top worshiper. That's the, you know, I'm just saying, you know. Um, why would they not say, teach us how to rabbi? Teach us how to teach. Because you know the parables were mind-blowing. Do you remember? The scribes and Pharisees listening to him looked at each other and said, we've, we've never heard this before. I mean, come on. They'd been raised in it. What do you mean they'd never heard it before? What they really meant to say, we've never heard it like this before. <laughs> Hello. He talks like somebody, like, he's saying the same things we are, but he talks like somebody with exousia. That kind of authority. Not just the explosive power, right? That's what they're saying. Isn't it interesting that they never said, Jesus, teach us how to do the miracles. How do you do, how did you, okay, the one, you're in the temple, the, the guy's there with the withered hand, and they're all there waiting to jump on you, and all you did was say, raise your hand. And the guy raises his hand, and it cracks back to life, and they're all stunned, and Jesus folds his hands and smiles. Never said a prayer, didn't pray for, right? They never said, how did you do, Lazarus, dead, how did you? Speak out, alive for what? They never asked him, show us how to do miracles. Why? I believe that it wasn't the miracles, it wasn't the teachings, and it wasn't the worship that impacted them the most. I believe the reason why they said to him, teach us how to do that, is because prayer was the one thing that impacted them the most. In Jesus' life. Can we take you to a few of those settings, right? On the beach, in a boat, up into the mountains, at a tomb. Come out! Be quiet! And the authority that was in that moment impacted these guys like nothing else he did. Could it be that maybe prayer was the key to all the other stuff? Prayer was the key to the health of his life to worship at any moment. 
Could it be that prayer was the reason why when he opened his mouth, those words were different from every other rabbi? Could it be that the reason why all of these miracles were taking place was because of the place that he came from, the center that he came from? I believe so. And I believe that is what impacted the disciples the most, to stir them to the question, Rabbi, teach us how to do that. I want to ask you a question. Is this your faith? Is he your God? Not your mommies or your daddies or your aunts or your uncles or your grandmas or your grandfather. Not your pastors or your youth pastors. Is this your faith? And is he your God? Because if he is, nothing can change that. Nothing in this world, no thing to come, no height, nor depth. Nothing can change his nature. Is this your faith? Or is your life being run by circumstance and your circle and your friends? This is a one-point message with ten applications. Okay, for the Ham people here. This is a one-point message. Point number one, you cannot truly know God except through prayer and Scripture. You cannot truly know God except through prayer and Scripture. I can know about God talking to others. Hello? The community of faith. I can know about God on social media. But I don't want an idea of God. I want God. I don't want an idea of God. I don't want a cultural idea of God. I want a scriptural theology of God. Can I say that again? I don't want a cultural idea of God. I want a scriptural theology of God. Because my faith is not based on culture. My faith is not based on the argument of whether Kanye is or not right now. My faith is not based upon poverty. My faith is not based upon whether you like me or not. My faith is not based upon whether I can still kiss my wife goodnight at, at the end of the day. That, those, things, those things do not shape my faith. What shapes my faith is theology. Not an idea, not ideology. Or meology, or sociology. No, 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 no. Theology, the, uh, the study of God, and we find that in the text. Hear me. The further away from Scripture that you get in understanding God, the closer you get to culture in understanding God. If you're not reading your Bible, and if you're not in prayer, here's the inspirational part, okay? I'll get to it. Hang on. We have, oh, my Lord. Okay. Listen, if you're not reading the Bible and you're not praying, okay, don't trust your theology. Don't trust it. 
because it might be sociology or, or uh, cultural ideology or meology. Don't trust it. The, the second point of this message is the first point. You cannot truly know God except through prayer and scripture. The third point of this message is the first point. You cannot truly know God except through prayer and scripture. The fourth point, do I have to keep going? <laughs> Hello? There's no, no multiple points here. There's not three steps and a poem for each one or an illustration for each one, okay? That's it. Listen, Charles Spurgeon, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual relationship, a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and you. Mother Teresa, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is, the better the world will be. And the mightier the forces against evil. Billy Graham, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. Ian Bounds, prayer should not be regarded as a duty that is performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare delight that is always, hear me, revealing something new. I don't know about you. I don't want to get used to God. I don't want to get familiar with God. I don't want to be bored with God. Are you? Have you run out of language? Have you run out of uh, an approach? Have you run out of this conversation? Right with God, you're great. God, you're great. You come back again. God, you're great. God, you're merciful. Right? But but do you know? Do you know the nature and the character of God where you've never been? Where He reveals Himself to you? you you're not going to get that unless you're in Scripture and you're in prayer. When I met Jane in college, I was a freshman and she was a sophomore. And I told my friends, I'm going to marry that girl. And they all said, no, you're not. You don't have a chance. That's Jane. She's the most spiritual girl on campus and she's a sophomore. How many know that's all I needed to hear? I'm an athlete, okay? Like, I'm... And in two weeks, two, everybody say two. Two weeks, she fell in love with my chicken legs. And we dated ever since. Two weeks. I'm a little disappointed. It wasn't the first weekend, yeah. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But to have 34 years, listen, my, my friends, my friends were sick and tired of me talking about Jane. I'm with her. And they're like, how did you, what? Everywhere, she's mine. I remember her saying, would you stop? You've got me already. I'm like, and I'm not planning on losing you. See, I, I had to tell everybody that I was with Jane. Uh, have you experienced that kind of relationship with God where you just can't shut up and everywhere you go, you're like, I'm with him. I'm with him. Do you understand? 
He reveals, him, he reveals more about himself the more time. Listen, the only people who don't pray are people who don't pray. I'm going to try this side. The only people who don't pray are people who don't pray. Because once you start praying, hooked. Will you stand? Wow, we got we to gotta go already. Stand. I gotta, will you put up the last slide? Put up the last slide, please. The inspiration is over. Now the hard part. Right? The foolishness of preaching. If you would begin that worship. I want to turn this place into a prayer room. I want you to listen to two very important statements that are going to be said in this song. They'll they'll appear on the screen at the beginning of each verse. I don't have time to unpack these. But I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you who Jesus is. I want you to find a place of prayer in this room right now. Will you move? If it's in the aisle, if it's down here, if it's up against the back wall, just move to a place of prayer. And listen, just hear this. Come on. Please don't go. Please don't go. We have time. God is jealous. Listen, listen, listen. I don't know about you, but I just started on this journey. I don't know him yet. I don't know him yet. A glimpse, just a glimpse, that's it. If you're disappointed in God, it's because you don't know him yet. If you're disappointed in God, it's because you don't know him yet. Respond to him. Respond to him. Draw near. God, reveal yourself to us.
This is health. This is spiritual health. Come on, will you say it? It's real easy. Holy, full of awe and wonder. You got it? Come on. Holy, holy, I, I get lost in your love. Holy, holy, full of awe and wonder. There are no dead ends on the journey to God. There are no dead ends on the journey to God. There are distractions and exits, and amusement parks, and restaurants, and malls, but there are no dead ends in your journey to God. None. We will not fully know him here. Do you understand this? You will not fully know. I see through a glass dimly. But then, but then, we haven't reached but then yet. Come on. The answer to every problem in this world is found in this room. The answer to every problem in this world is found in this room. Come on. Yes. Several years ago, God prompted me in these 10 areas. You see them on the screen. Take a picture of that. Uh, if you're interested, DM me or email me and I'll send, it, I'll send this to you. This is, how, this is how we are taught how to pray. This is what happens right here, the practical part of it. Because we are not just born wanting to pray. But hear me, deep down, 
in the DNA of every single person. Hear me. Deep down in the DNA of every single person on this planet, all 7 billion plus, the Muslim and the Pentecostal. Every nation, tongue, and tribe. The LGBTQ+, the left-handed, and the right-handed. The Reds. Hear me, athletes and mathletes. Children and adults. Born deep down in the DNA of every single human is God. And all we have to do is appeal to that to transform this world. And the only way you appeal to the DNA in the heart of every person is to know the DNA yourself and to draw it out of each of them with his presence. I get in my Uber this morning and the Somalian is playing African music and I ask him what it is and he tells me and I simply said, could you turn it down a minute? And he said, kindly, and he did. I said, do you know Jesus? I said, I listen to music where I sense Jesus come into my car. And he looks into the mirror and looks back at the road. And in the next minute or two, I just shared my faith with him. And I unpacked his presence in that car. And he looked back at me in the mirror when we were done with our conversation and I was pulling up here and he said, thank you, sir. And I prayed when I walked out of that car that whatever he was listening to wouldn't do it. That whatever he was listening to wouldn't be inspirational enough or it wouldn't be enough information. And I simply gave him uh, some music that I gave him two, I told him Capital Kings, Maybe he might like that because this music was a little, you know. And I said, I want you to look up Young uh, young and Free. And as I walked out, I just simply prayed, God, bring to life your DNA in Muhammad. Bring to life your DNA in Muhammad just through my few words. God, let What happens in these next few minutes? Let it be what brings to life the DNA in every person on this planet that we come in contact with. Whether here in this city, in our classrooms, on the floor, on a team, traveling today, whatever we're doing, Holy Spirit, that we would know you. That we would know you. And how to Bring to life the DNA in every person. Jeff, would you come and...